This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Welcome back. I'm still Elliot Harris, and you're still David Spada. And our next guest, I can remember watching in black and white on television. You probably saw him on highlight films once upon a time. Legendary linebacker, Sam Huff. I was born in West Virginia, raised in New York, now live right outside of Washington. By God, now you can't beat that. So you didn't have any interest in going into the coal mines? I did. My dad, my brothers, everybody went into Jamison uh, Coal Company number nine, where they owned the house, they owned the uh, coal under the ground, they owned the everything, Consolidated Coal Company. So uh, I did go down there with my dad and everything, and, and they they uh, had a big machine underground called the Sam Huff Special. Named it after me. And that mine, I told my dad, I said, Dad, we got to get out of here. This is like a time bomb. He said, oh, I knew you'd say that because you want to go to New York and you want to go to Washington and West Virginia, all that. This is what I do. I said, Dad, let's get the hell out of here. And okay, and, and we did. We got on this big elevator and we got out. That mine exploded and killed 93 miners. Wow. 93. Unbelievable. You just, I knew every one of them. But that's the life you live. So you had a premonition kind, or you just decided it wasn't safe? Hey, let me tell you something. And every linebacker will tell you this. You got the ball, we're going to take you down. Okay. And whenever you have that kind of talk and that kind of, you know, Chuck Benarick had it, Joe Smith had it, Bill George had it, the great ones have it. The great ones have it all. And I'll tell you, Chris Hamburger and myself, when they got Chris Hamburger, he was the outside linebacker and I was the middle linebacker. Nobody broke through the line. Because when they got to the line, we decked them. Both of us hit him. I, I tell you, uh, that's what people want to see. Okay, they want to see contact sport called football. And that was the sport you played back then. Absolutely correct. And and love it, love it then. I love it now. I broadcast it now, and it's it's great. I get paid for broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you beat that? But you started in college as an offensive lineman. How did you end up switching into a linebacker? Tom Landry did that. Tom Landry did that. He was a coach with the, in New York for the Giants. And so when I went to, I played in a college all-star game in Chicago. And after the game, I got on a plane and went to New York and uh, met Wellington Merritt and, and Tom Landry and everybody with the Giants. And uh, even did television with Howard Cosell. I mean, I was a young guy, but I knew how to do all these things. Now, the story goes that uh, in, in training camp you left, and an assistant coach by the name of Vince Lombardi convinced you to come back? Yes, absolutely correct. Because we had Jim Lee Howe, who was from Arkansas and loved to yell and scream like a lot of coaches do because they don't know what the hell the, your name is. And, and Jim Lee Howe used to say, hey, you, hey, you what? You know, 
<laughs> Lombardi says, Lombardi, and they all have a saying. Lombardi says, looks at me and he says, what the hell's going on with you? I said, that guy's yelling at me. You know, all this kind of stuff goes in to the game that America loves. So you had a Hall of Fame offensive coordinator, a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator, and you had a terrible head coach, it sounds like. Well, there was a guy by the name of Ed Coleman who uh, ran the offensive line, too. You know, uh, it, That was at Yankee Stadium, by the way. And, and I shared a locker with Mickey Mantle. Did he share any of the women with you or just the locker? I, well, I was married, so I, I, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody about him. It wasn't me. They all loved Mickey. <laughs> oh, it was a great time in sports. It really was. So they had number seven and number 70. How does a linebacker end up with the number 70? <laughs> Just put it on, take your clothes off and put it over your head. And get out on the field. Okay, that's the thing you have to do is get on the field. Show them what you can do. How did Landry decide that you would fit on the defense better than the offense? Well, he kind of took a little gamble with me because I came from the All-Star game and I could run. And, I, you know, I basically hit people even in practice. You know, I knocked Jim Brown out. I, I knocked Jim Taylor out in, in practice. And, you know, practice to me was just like a game. You come in my territory, I was going to deck you. And I did. And, and that's what got me to where I am today. Attitude and toughness. Okay, and a great coach by the name of Tom Landry, and another great coach later by the name of Vince Lombardi. Now, let me tell you something. It doesn't get any better than that. So here you are, a rookie. You start off the season on the bench behind Ray Beck. He gets hurt. You become the starting linebacker, and you end up winning an NFL championship. You think to yourself, boy, this is a pretty easy game. That's well. That's what I thought, and it was that for that game. But then, whenever you you go in against John Unitas and everybody from Baltimore that are experienced and everything, it, it turns out to be a different story. So it's all about contact. It's all about coaching. It's all about tackling. It's America's game. It was easy till that '58 championship game till that referee gave Frank Gifford a bad spot, according to Frank. Well, that's part of the game. You, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Frank is still living in New York. <laughs> he likes he likes to get hit, I guess. <laughs> do, you agree that it was, do you agree it was a bad spot because the Colts guys say, no, they did laser analysis and he was a yard short? Well, what the hell do they know? John Knight has called everything <laughs> for Baltimore. <laughs> You know, those big tackles, they don't know what's going on. They, they just know to grab a hold of the defensive end and hold him. Not Art Donovan. Art Donovan, he was number one. <laughs> <laughs> even, the, even the officials did not know who he was, but he held the defensive ends all the time. Johnny United just seemed like he took the Colts down the field in overtime, and that's how they ended up winning the game. Yeah, well, hey, the Colts were a great team. And we were, and I'm telling you, that was a great matchup between the two of us. It was a great game. Everybody got their money's worth at Yankee Stadium. Those giant fans and those Colt fans, that was a great contest. Do you agree it was the greatest game ever played? Every game I played, I thought of that. And, you know, and you go out there and, and you get hit and, you know, you get knocked down and you look up 
and you know, here's a little guy about, you know, 135 pounds or something that blocked you, and you, you know, and, and you just get up and you say, do that again, and you ain't going to go home, okay? <laughs> I'll see to it. And you put him on a train and send him someplace in New York. <laughs> How did you end up on the cover of Time magazine in 1959? I was the best player they could find. <laughs> Better than Jim Brown? Hell yes. For cover of Time magazine, I was I was the first and only one. Okay. Uh, that, well, I'll tell you a story. Okay. There was a monkey on a satellite. And the people at, uh, that the, in downtown came to me and they said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, you know, you're supposed to be uh, on the cover of Time magazine. I said, yeah, when are you guys going to do it? Well, we're going to do it when we get rid of that monkey. And the monkey was on a satellite. And I said, you mean to tell me I'm a football player and I tackle people and I got to an answer to a monkey? <laughs> Honest to God, I told you the truth. <laughs> the monkey died, and I'm on the cover of time. <laughs> Who killed the monkey? I don't care. <laughs> it, it wasn't you, huh? It, no, I was on the ground. The monkey was <laughs> the monkey was on a satellite. Well, and then you also were the subject of uh, a CBS special with Walter Cronkite in 1960. I remember it well. The, the violent world of Sam Huff, where they. Uh, Put a so, microphone on in practice and an exhibition game and all that good stuff. And it's the first chance I think a lot of people had to get up close to with Sam Huff. What was that like? Well, it's just, you know, it, to me, it was uh, I was from number nine coal camp in West Virginia and through West Virginia University. And then I, you know, when I went to New York uh, and everything and, and signed with the New York Giants, and then I started doing television and things with Howard Cosell and Chris, you know, Lincoln and everybody else. You know, that's the greatest city. If you're going to be in sports, New York is the place. Frank Gifford's still there. He, he, they can't get him to leave. <laughs> How did Frank Gifford end up being Cosell's partner on Monday Night Football and not you? You have to ask Frank Gifford. <laughs> Can imagine you, Gifford, and Cosell in the booth instead of Dandy Don Meredith? That would have been a real blast. Well, you use who gets in the booth, okay? And basically, uh, people that come in the booth are people that work for the companies and, and know you and your family and everything else. Uh, it, it, football is a great game for families. It's a great game. It's America's game. Nobody can play it like we do. After Jim Lee Howell, uh, he was replaced by Allie Sherman, who had oh, some. Oh, oh. You don't you don't want to hear what I have to say about that? Oh, Go ahead. Oh yes, I yes I do. <laughs> I, I know you weren't too thrilled because Sherman traded away some you know Cliff Livingston, Rosie Greer, Dick Majewski. That I don't think I don't think he he's he's not that bright. Uh, I think Wellington Mara fit in there someplace, and he was a great owner. He's a great guy. He just made a mistake. I heard that he didn't think New York was ready for an Italian head coach, and that's why he didn't hire Lombardi. 
Well, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't give you an answer about front office because <laughs> I didn't go through the front offices. I, you know, hand me the check and I'll put it in the bank and I'll go back to West Virginia and help, help, help. <laughs> but he only did a good thing. He took you to the championships. He just couldn't win them. Well, yeah, but, you know, whenever you're playing in pro football and, and, and things in this country, you're playing the best against the best. And some, sometimes the winner doesn't win. So it's just it's just the way it is. The two great teams should play each other, and they, they do that in baseball and, and everything else. So, um, you know, we, we, we live a good life in the, in the world of sports, and God bless America. But Ailey went on to become, what, the head of the New York Racing Commission for years? Who? Ailey Sherman. I, I never did follow him. You'd have to ask Wally to marry. He, he, he's the one that uh, hired him. It wasn't me. He didn't like me because every time we scrimmaged, I knocked the hell out of the guy with the ball. You know, but they were my teammates. He didn't like me. And I didn't like him. Yeah, he was, ahead of, he was ahead of the New York OTB uh, Corporation from 94 to 97. You know a little about horse racing. Yeah, I know. Don't get behind that horse because he'll kick you. <laughs> That's what I knew. Okay, and and I got kicked with a horse. Almost killed me. But I, I know what in to get around now. It is not the backside. <laughs> Who hit you harder, Jim Brown or a horse? Well, a horse. <laughs> Tim, Tim Brown was big and strong, but he wasn't 13, 14, 1500 pounds. I could take him down, and I did. I took down Jim Taylor, and I did. They're not horses, but I'm going to tell you, they were great guys and great runners. We were, we were blessed to have people like the Giants and the Baltimore Colts and everybody else. I mean, football is America's game. What was it like getting traded to the Redskins after all that time in New York? It was the dumbest, damnest thing that ever happened to me. I was set with my family in New York, in out by LaGuardia Airport, and I, and I gave them everything I had. I was on, uh, I was on television with Howard Cosell and everything. Um, they made the mistake. We had a great team and great players, great coaches playing in Yankee Stadium, you know, why? Nobody has ever answered the three-letter word, why, W-H-Y. I mean, we were champions. We played the best against the best all the time. And that was the saddest thing, I think, other than death of my family, that's ever happened to be traded. I mean, you're, you're like a piece of equipment then. And, and uh, that's the Giants made a mistake and started getting rid of people. They had Landry and Lombardi, both of them. One Landry defense, Lombardi offense, they were great. Why would you let them get away? That's where the Giants made their biggest mistake ever, in my opinion. But it was easy for you. You doubled your salary in one season. <laughs> and it still wasn't very much. <laughs> I, you know, when I see what the Redskins have here with their number one pick, you know, I mean, it's, they they they're spending money now and handing checks out now like they don't know what to do 
with guys. I don't know. Uh, it's 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 kind of a crazy world from what we played in. So I just keep quiet about that. I mean, you know, it's the money is money. What was Cosell like? He was a yeller. He was like a fan. You know, he loved television because it made him look good, and he could yell and scream. <laughs> and and he kept us on Monday Night Football yelling and screaming. Now, after you retired in 68, Lombardi, who's coaching of Redskins, convinces you to come out of retirement. How how tough a decision was that? Well, the best against the best, okay? Uh, we played against, when I was with the Giants, we played against the Green Bay Packers where Lombardi was. Lombardi was the best. He was like Don Shula. He was like all of these great coaches. But when he yelled... You moved yourself. You got out of the way. And he was a yeller and screamer. And the Giants had Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi as coaches and didn't hire either one of them. And <laughs> you got to be kidding me. That was that was awful. And I shared a locker with Mickey Mantle. He he was out of business basically too, and he was from Oklahoma, and I was from West Virginia. So, but it was a great time in sports. It really was. So, and that was the hard part to handle. What did the teammates say when they didn't hire either one of them? They weren't very good speakers. <laughs> Andy Robustelli was the best speaker, and he lived in Stanford, Connecticut, and nobody cared. But he showed up for practice, and he showed up for every game. He, he was a heck of a coach, too. Andy Robustelli. Unfortunately, he has passed on, but we had a great team, and Baltimore was a great team. That was truly the greatest game ever played, in my opinion, and somebody else already said it before me. Would that play on Frank Gifford, was that the hardest hit you ever saw when uh, Chuck Benaric took him out? I thought he killed him. I, I, I walked over, and, and Gifford was shaking and things, he, you know, at, near the... Um, um, near the down near the, the cutout, I guess, or whatever. And I, I looked down at him, and, and he was shaking and everything else. And, and I and the, the, the uh, umpire says, "Sam, he's he's got a problem." I said, "He's got a problem. He, you got to be careful. I think he's going to die." I mean, that was the biggest hit I think I've ever seen on a football field. And Frank is still alive. Frank is still Frank. I'm glad. I'm glad he's alive. He's a good person. He's a great person, and he was a great player. And we had some great players there, and Frank Gifford was one of them. But Chuck Benaric, to this day, basically, he cannot stand Kathy Lee Gifford because she called him a pasta head. He, he what? He can't stand Frank Gifford's wife, Kathy Lee, because she called him a pasta head. He, he said, "I'm not even Italian." Oh, Chuck, Chuck's a good guy, but he just liked to let everybody know how tough he was. <laughs> Goes around hitting people. Well, hey, it's okay to hit somebody. Make sure they have their uniform on. But I'm not sure he, he knew that. <laughs> so when you went in the Hall of Fame, how did you feel? I made it. That's all you have to say. I mean, that's all you can say. When a coach tells you something, you either make it or he'll, you know, get rid of you. And that's the way you feel. It's a great event in in Canton, Ohio. You know, and you, you, when you see people like Bobby Lane there, you know, and, and the Chuck Bednarik there, you see people from every team that took that football field and things. And, and here you are in Canton, Ohio, and you're in a parade. It's something special. Who was the toughest ball carrier for you to, to go against? 
is two. Jim Brown, Jim Taylor. Both of them. They, they were great. Well, I mean, you know, uh, you're standing up. They're down a three-point stance, and you know that quarterback's going to hand that ball off because he don't want to get hit. And hand it off to Jim Brown, and, boy, you got to take him down quick or he's going to go for a touchdown. And Jim Taylor, the other guy from Green Bay, he'd hunt you up to try to run over you. You know, and and I took them both on, you know, one on one side, one on the other, because that was Yankee Stadium. And I want to tell you, that's the greatest stadium in the world. When you're playing and you're out there on that field, you you can remember Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, who hit the ball clear over the roof, okay, in baseball. It's just a great time in sports. When you got drafted in the third round in the – the 1956 NFL draft. Did you think you should have gone higher? Why? Because you, 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 you're pretty you, good. Do you realize? Do you realize that Yankee Stadium and you got a chance to play for the Giants in Yankee Stadium? Sarah Locker with Mickey Mantle and, and all this stuff. You are at the. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't get any better than that. You mentioned I mean, all the. You could ride. You could ride the the uh, train from downtown New York where we all lived to Yankee Stadium for a quarter a piece okay that, that's you know <laughs> that, uh, you know I, I put this in a book and you know it's like a, a quarter I said yeah hell that was a lot of money then <laughs> you make do with what you got well, you mentioned all the great players in the Hall of Fame. Did you have a favorite player growing up that you got to meet? Uh, yeah, Frank Gatsky. He played for the Cleveland Browns, and his dad was in the coal mines and everything, and Gatsky was ahead of me uh, in, in West Virginia. But, you know, we played against each other, even though we were both from West Virginia. It's, it's, that's the kind of game that America has. You know, you go out there and you play and you beat each other up, but you're still friends. Was there one play that you made that stands out from your career? Yeah, the one that I hit uh, Jim Taylor in New York, and uh, I I hit him so hard I damaged his helmet and mine. My mine came down and split, and so the uh, the umpire said, "Sam, for Christ's sake, you destroyed your helmet." And I said, "Well, for Christ's sake, get me another one." Okay, at Yankee Stadium, and Johnny Johnson, the trainer and and guy to tape your ankles and everything, and they they saw what was happening, and they got a new helmet and brought it out, and we took the old one and threw it away, and I had a new helmet from then on. And you probably had a concussion, but you just kept playing. Uh, I didn't mind concussions because I can hit hard enough to even knock out Jim Brown and Jim Taylor and those guys with the ball. You, you, you learn how to hit people and take them down. Yeah, he's got a concussion, you got a concussion, so you're even. Now, the commissioner has a concussion because he's taken in all these helmets. He doesn't know what the hell to do with all those helmets. <laughs> it's lovely. I think the helmets nowadays are a lot harder than the ones that you used back, you know, in the 50s and 60s. No, that, that helmet is a helmet. 
you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm looking at Mickey Mantle's picture of hitting the hitting the baseball and everything else. You know, the helmet is it's like a military helmet, somewhat. I guess I don't know, uh, but your helmet it fits and it's got a, a, a strap underneath of it, so, so you don't lose your helmet. That that helmet becomes a weapon. In some people's mind, yeah, it's a weapon because he's going to hit me with his helmet and I'm going to hit him with mine. Okay, so that's the way the game is played. You mentioned about you love playing in Yankee Stadium. I think there was more playing at the Congress Hotel, according to Frank Gifford's book. Well, you can write every, anything you want in a book. And, and he was a star, you know. Most of the guys on defense were, <laughs> were pickups at one time or another. Frank came from California, and he, he, he liked to be in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm just saying, football is football. And you put us on the field, and, and people are going to get hit. People are going to get hurt. Like you say, ask me at the top of the, top of the game, uh, Jim Brown, I hit probably knocked him out. Jim Taylor, I hit, probably knocked him out. I hit him so hard they had to get new helmets, too. So there were three new helmets in the game. Mine, Jim Brown, and Jim Taylor. I'll tell you one thing, though, about Frank Gifford. He loved to act. He mentioned that he was at USC that he became friends with John Wayne because John Wayne was a USC alumni. Well, Frank was Frank. I mean, you know, when when you come from West Virginia, you, you know, I'm not sure you really have the television on. Okay, uh, Frank was from Hollywood, and, and he he always played the part. Do you think that if you were younger and entered the NFL today, your success would be at least as great as it was? Success is success. Okay, I could I could hit people, I could tackle people, I could cover people. I you know the great linebackers, Joe Smith was one. You know um, the big guy in Philadelphia was one. I mean we we basically have our group. Okay, uh, we play hard, we hit hard, and that's what people pay to see. If they go to a prize fight, they want to see, uh, you know, somebody box and hurt somebody. And if you're, you know, in in New York at Yankee Stadium, we're going to hit you down on the field, and that's what that's the way the game is played, you know, and, and it, it's okay. Pretty good interview with Sam Huff, don't you think? He was phenomenal. I don't remember him playing, but I do. I saw I've heard him, the stories. I saw him originally in black and white on a small screen television. I'd like to thank our guest, Sam Huff, and also Courtney Vandersloot of the WNBA Chicago Sky, and most of all to our executive producer, Dave Olson. This is Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with Elliot Harris and David Spada. Tune in again next time.